Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host, Urban Lee. Each week, you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening and welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Urban Lee, joined by my great co-host, Sarah. Say hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. We're so (laughs) excited to have Elizabeth Olson from La Hacienda Treatment Center here she is amazing witness of Christ. She is my boss. She is my mentor <laughs> and um, my friend. Uh, yes. And I love Elizabeth and I love La Hacienda. And we are so excited to have you back, Elizabeth. So say hi. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be back. And thank you, Sarah. That was humbling. Uh, hey, Sarah is absolutely the best. And she represents you guys extremely well. Um, she so- does. She And she is she, um, she definitely walks the walk. She doesn't just talk the talk. Hey, amen to that is all I can say. Well, <laughs> you, you you have been on the show before, and you know I must invite our Lord and Savior in. Uh, mm-hmm. So let me say a prayer, and then we'll jump right into it. Father, we know that it is you who arms us with strength and makes our way perfect. So we trust in you today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Elizabeth and Sarah, I know this subject is near and dear to both of your hearts. So we are going to jump right into it. And we're going to talk about women in recovery and then diving deeper into the trauma issues that impact you while you're in your active addiction and also impact you staying in recovery. So, Sarah, uh, start us off. Well, um, I'm actually going to have Elizabeth start us off because she was an integral part in getting me the help that Mm -hmm. I needed after I got sober um, and I started working again. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I will never forget uh, coming into La Hacienda and I just would watch Elizabeth and Uh it was like, she's got something. She's got something special. Like, I want what she has. Right. And so I asked her, I said, (laughs) what do you do? Like yeah. what, what you have this like aura around you she and this energy. And yeah. yes. And she was just so kind. And so, um, she was just beautiful. She was a beautiful spirit. Uh-huh. And I just wanted what she had. And I asked her and she was just like, on site, you need to go to on site. I'll send you. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? Okay. Right. Uh, didn't Sign know, me what, up. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, <laughs> but um, very thankful that she yeah. did that. And I'm going to let her start off and, and tell you a little bit more about yeah. um, women in trauma. And then I'll, I'll jump in and share. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Thanks, Sarah. I, um, I think that there's so many things that affect women. And, and let me just say that mm-hmm. men too, of course. Yes. And everyone is, their chemical makeup handles trauma differently. Mm-hmm. Um, something that, you know, could have traumatized me might have been, you know, something that Sarah considered, gosh, that, that wouldn't have bothered me. Yeah. And so I first just want to honor anyone listening that your no trauma is too small. Mm-hmm. You are, you're valid, you are worthy, and anything that is hurting you and keeping you from, um, from God's love is mm-hmm. worth exploring and healing. Yes. And so I just want to start with that. Um, okay. 
you know, being an active addiction as women, there's so many different things that, um, that causes trauma. I mean, everything from abuse, um, ridicule, just self-judgment, things that, that we did, things that we said, um, gosh, childhood, mm-hmm. um, just, there's just so many things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's difficult. It's difficult with all of it. I can't even imagine doing it now with like social media. Yeah. Um, I got off social media and I'm 44 years old because uh-huh. I couldn't handle it. So yeah. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's quite tough out the young there. young people yeah. today. I just yeah. feel for them so much. Right. Um, and so there's so many things that could um, affect someone. Mm-hmm. And what trauma causes us to do, and I am by no means an expert, so, mm-hmm. um, and I am not a clinician. Let me just um, tell you I'm speaking from experience. So. Right. Any clinicians out there, um, believe me, I'm not trying to be somebody I'm not, but um, it, it, it stops us somewhere in okay. our system. So it could be physically. Mm-hmm. I was a personally, I basically just um, a numb. Like I, I'm a professional number yeah. and I could do it with or without substances. Mm-hmm. And the trauma, you know, did that to me. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I really wasn't even living. I was existing. Yeah. And so when I started to do the trauma work, and for me, there's tons of different ways to do trauma. Okay. Um, there's EMDR, mm-hmm. which is eye movement. Um, there is, you know, tapping. There's self-hypnosis. There is prayer. Yeah. There is experiential therapy. And mm-hmm. that's what really made an impact for me. I had been in talk therapy for a long time, okay. but I had never made the connection from my head thinking mm-hmm. to my heart feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so experiential therapy and psychodrama um, specifically okay. is what really got the energy moving for me being someone who numbs. Mm-hmm. And so I did, I, when I went to OnSite, they are incredible at that. Um, if you don't know about OnSite, OnSite workshops in, uh, outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. There's several others that are doing it now. So if you find a really good person, if you can't make it to Tennessee, find a really good person who does psychodrama. Okay. And what that did is that allowed me to connect my head to my heart. Mm. And in psychodrama and experiential therapy, you act out things. You may do it with um, little um, figurines. You may do it with an actual bat. Mm-hmm. getting out anger. You may do it in a group setting where people are acting out different parts of your life. Mm-hmm. You may do it in sand therapy, okay. um, sand tray therapy, if you've heard about that. And so I did a combination of actually a lot of those okay. just to get the energy out and to process the traumas of my past because I didn't have I had the power taken away from me. Mm-hmm. And in those experiential settings, specifically psychodrama for me, it gave, I got to re, reenact those times where power was taken from me okay. and take my own power back. Okay. Well, you said something that was very important. Uh, and I, I say it a lot as it relates to God. I had a lot of head knowledge around God and his word. But I I wasn't getting it from my head to my heart. 
and you talked about that as you were going through your trauma therapy and everything. What are the other benefits of of trauma therapy as it relates to your recovery? Well, I got to see myself as God sees me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, powerful. Yeah. So there was, there's so much self-judgment yeah. for me. There was. Mm-hmm. And there was different things that I did in trauma therapy. Um, seeing my little girl, my inner child, mm-hmm. writing letters, seeing that, seeing the love. And I really feel like those things allowed me to see me how God sees me. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So important. Self-love. And yeah. so that was a huge part of it because I couldn't, I was always focused on, you know, when's somebody going to love me? Yeah. But no one was going to love me until I could love myself. Mm. Yes. Yes. That's good. Yeah. That is so good. That's so true. And I realized as I was, as you were talking, I was thinking back into my time in re- rehab and in my active recovery, I, I, I realized very quickly that we were all kind of missing the self-love. Like that was, mm-hmm. I didn't have it. And I looked around at those around me who were in rehab at the time. None of us had self-love to the point they were having us do, you know, drills and, and repeat that I am loved, that I'm, you know, I'm not a piece of crap, that I'm valuable, that God loves me those daily affirmations, right? And it sounds really simple, but they were impactful when you start getting it, as you said earlier, from your head to your heart, which is not an easy thing to do. Mm-mm. And no. if you don't see yourself as love, if you don't love yourself, how could you think God loves you? You know, yeah, you yeah. just like kind of, that's way far out there. Yeah. Block it out. And, and I think the other thing is, at least for myself, I had done so much bad stuff so much wrong that I felt like how could anyone love me and one of the things I remember about my active addiction and as I started to recover was I realized that no one had told me they loved me for like six months and now I didn't deserve to be told (laughs) I was loved let's let's be transparent here But then in my recovery, as I was talking to my counselor, one of the things that hurt me was no one for six months until the time I got into rehab, my counselor was like the first person to tell me that she loved me, right? And I was like, oh, man. So I always tell people, I said, when you have someone who is in their active addiction, don't forget to tell them you love them. Yeah, you can tell them all that other stuff, but don't, don't leave the love out because God is love. And I think so many times we take for granted and we don't show nor communicate our love for someone when they're going through trials and tribulations and addictions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you brought up an interesting point because the first time I felt loved was when I stepped into treatment. And those people just loved on me like I never hadn't been loved on in so long. Yeah, because and and that was something, you know, in, in my growing up, I'll put it to you this way. I remember the first person I ever said, I love you too. We probably weren't at that point in my life. We probably weren't the most uh, affectionate family. You know, it wasn't a whole lot. I love you. I love you. Now we have since become that, but now I'm 
always wanting to communicate and show people that I love them because having gone through that period of no one saying, Hey, I love you. You start to doubt yourself. And then we do have an enemy who, who comes to deceive you. And he starts to tell you that, Hey, God doesn't even love you. Right. Mm -hmm. And going back to the trauma, um, that is trauma is not feeling loved and not being told you're loved. And that's kind of some of the work that I did when I went to onsite was, Mm -hmm. I wanted this relationship with my mother and she didn't know how to give it to me because yeah. her mother did not give it to her. Yeah. And it was that for the first time was like, Whoa, yeah. I didn't even think about all that. Yeah, it is. And they show you one of the things that those counselors do. I know when you're in rehab is they, they made me step back. I had very high expectations of my parents, right? I just assumed that, there was this great book that was downloaded to them and they knew everything to do to raise me. Well, <laughs> well, Elizabeth, I found out that that was a self. <laughs> so I had to forgive them for what they didn't know. My mom had me when she was 20. My dad was 22. And I think back to when I was 20 and 22, I was incapable yeah. of being, uh, yeah, I could parent myself. I was like a parent some child so oh man you yeah. know so to I'm, your point i'm grateful though. that i had children later on in life god was really um blessing my children for that yes, yeah me too yeah well you know the other day i have a, a, a sponsee who um is just an amazing strong christian like she has overcome so much and mm-hmm. she inspires me every day and she said do you ever really think about and really internalize that Christ did this. He died on the cross for you. Like for you, like, can you personalize that? Mm -hmm. And that like, even today where I am and I feel like I have come so far Mm -hmm. that took me back Mm -hmm. because see, I can think about it for everybody else. Yeah. But when you internalize like me, me, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's something I have to work on every day. I, you know, and I, and it took me a while to, to do those little practices of self affirmation. Yeah. I am worthy. Yeah. I deserve love. I'm good enough. I am enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was, it was finding those little wounds. Those, there's, there's these little phrases and all of us have one yeah. or two that are kind of like our core wound Mm -hmm. and it's turning those around and being, and mine was, I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. And today it's constantly, I'm enough. I'm enough. Yeah. You know, Jesus loves me. He loves you. He loves me. Like I've got to, you've got to remember that. And on the, I'm not enough. How much of that would you place on the culture that we live in and the challenge to be the perfect? woman and uh, wife and mother? I I do think that there was, I mean, definitely today Mm -hmm. more than when I was young. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely today. And that's why I have personally taken some actions Mm -hmm. to separate myself from from culture in ways. Um, I got off all social media. Mm -hmm. We homeschool our children. I mean, we're still very active and, um, you know, Mm-hmm. extracurricular things, but I guard myself today. Mm-hmm. 
because I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, what we read, what we watch, what we listen to. Yeah. I, tr- I really, I rarely, I listen to some country, but I usually listen to Christian music. Yeah. I just feel like today we have to really guard our hearts and our minds. Yes. yes. And, um, and that helps me a lot. Yeah. Well, when we talk about women in trauma, and I, I think back to some of the women that I was in rehab with and I have gotten to know in recovery, there are three things, and I think these are, are fairly common, e- even with men, and they were acceptance, belonging, and competence, right? Were like three things from a trauma perspective that I kept like hearing and seeing uh, from the women. And then to be quite honest, those three things were some of the things that were, were kind of driving my alcoholism as well. This whole sense of belonging. I, I kind of could never figure out where I, I fit. Right. Mm-hmm. Even, even in high school, I was an athlete, but I was okay in the books too but I wasn't really smart enough to hang with the super smart kids in my mind. Right. Then I'm this athlete and I'm really not interested in a lot of the things that athletes were interested in. So I kind of found my, myself standing in the middle. And even when I got to college, I kept saying, well, where do I belong? Where do I belong? And then you get out into the world and it's like, I had this hole of like, God, you know, where do I, where do I belong? So if you could talk a little bit about that, Elizabeth, that I think that would be great. Oh, gosh, yeah. I never felt like I belonged. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that feeling from a very young age yeah. of something is different than me. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite like everyone else, and I, I did. I felt that. And um, I think that fueled my addiction. Yeah. And um, then fueled the trauma as well. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when I started doing the um, first getting my foundation mm-hmm. in the 12 steps and, um, and then started doing the deeper work mm-hmm. and the trauma work and realizing who I was and who I wanted to be, mm-hmm. my belonging um, at first came from... Um, other people in, um, you know, in, on the same path as me. Mm-hmm. And then my, as I did the deeper work, like I said, my belonging came from I'm enough because I say I'm enough and mm-hmm. I'm enough because God says I'm enough. So mm-hmm. it was kind of started out as my belonging was with the people I was on the same path with. And then it kind of moved to, um, you know, the deeper work and getting clear and with myself. And then it moves to my, like the higher level of consciousness mm-hmm. to that intimate relationship with Christ. And this is where I belong. Does that answer the question that you asked or am I on a totally different path? <laughs> no, I, I think you did a wonderful job of, of answering the question. Sarah, did you want to add something to? Um, I don't know what I was thinking about when she... It was it was a really good answer. I do have, and we've got just a few minutes, and I wanna I wanna throw this at you. Is there a correlation between relapse and untreated trauma during recovery? Correlation. Well, I'm gonna say 
Yes, but I want to I want to say something about that. Okay. So the steps work a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. and w- people can get sober regardless of anyone or anything. Yeah, and. For me, my personal experience was that I wasn't going to, I was five years sober and, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't going to drink or use, but yep. I was going to kill myself. Okay. And so the trauma was very, very significant in that way. Mm-hmm. So do I think there's a correlation? Yes. Do I think somebody can stay sober through it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but there's that emotional sobriety piece, you know. Yeah. For me, yeah, I was sober, absolutely. but I wasn't happy. Yeah. I wasn't living. I've like, there. there was just... It's just was, dry. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> there's got to be more to life than this. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until I started working on the trauma yeah. and I started experiencing, oh, my God, I could be okay because of this and that yeah. and the other. And Elizabeth was talking about we hold trauma mm-hmm. in different parts of our body. Yeah. And we don't even know that. People yeah. out there, listeners, they don't know well, that. They know that. I'm you know? glad you told them. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, our brain naturally blocks out this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't ever um, go and work on these things, we, mm-hmm. don't, we don't know that we could yeah. have more or we could be free. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the word I use, free. free. Freedom. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have freedom today that I didn't have before. I have experiences that don't define me mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. and i have wisdom yeah. that i can now share with other women mm-hmm. that if i didn't share it with them they would never know yeah. it was okay to talk about that thing yeah yeah i i think that's great and this has been such a rich area we're gonna have more on the other side with sarah and elizabeth we'll be back with more of from beer to the bible right here on the word 100.7 fm Finding addiction help is intensely personal, and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit HamptonMinistries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee. It's your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. Welcome back. We're going to let Elizabeth close out the show for Sarah and I. I just really want to encourage anyone out there, men or women, who have experienced any kind of trauma, if there's something in your life that's keeping you stuck from being happy or Mm -hmm. from growing closer to God or um, having anxiety or depression, if there is um, any kind of abuse, physical, sexual, emotional, if there's neglect Mm -hmm. in your life, um, if there is, you know, you've experienced violence or um, a traumatic situation, please know that there's help and you do not have to live like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
and it really works. Uh, treatment works. Trauma treatment works. There's people who want to help you, yes. that want to love you, that want to see you have a fulfilled and healthy life. Yes. And so um, we at La Hacienda um, kind of take first things first, and we treat the substance use. Okay. Um, we do have trauma-informed care, which means that um, our staff has been trained in trauma-informed care to know how to um, recognize trauma and to help you um, contain it and realize what to do with it after here. Mm-hmm. Um, we are working on doing a little bit of a longer-stay program for a select few, okay. and we'll be able to dive a little bit more into those processes. But regardless, if you need help, we just want you to know that you're worth it. Give us a call at one 800 749 6160 and we'll help you get where you need to go. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth, and God bless you and La Hacienda, and thank you for our co-host, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Right. Thank you. All right. God Take bless care. you. All right. Bye-bye. And I want to leave you today with the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FromBeerToTheBible.com. There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's FromBeerToTheBible.com.